and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I am joined, as always, by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer at the Herald. How's it going, Anthony? Pretty good, David. How are you? Pretty good. And also joining us this week, he's the world's foremost blogger about Disney bloggers, Associated Press National NBA writer, Tim Reynolds. How's it going, Tim? <laughs> I wondered where you were going with that. <laughs> How's it going, Tim? There's a whole, it, it's a whole layer of people out there. It's amazing. They know everything. It's crazy. I'm yeah. good. How are you? <laughs> Doing all right. Um, so we've got you on this week because we have uh, some important stuff to talk about. Um, so let's just dive right into it. Um, and that is Kelly Olenek's spaghetti squash. Well, what are your thoughts on his recipe? Man, KO is very hit and miss. I still have not recovered from what he did to that Tomahawk State. Like, that's, at minimum, that's a misdemeanor. But the fact that he's out here showing this side, good on him. Like, Myers Myers has conquered the world. I get it. Myers has conquered the, the, the COD world. Tyler has had his moments during this pandemic. But to me, Kelly has been a... It's it's between Kelly and Myers, I think, for Heat Pandemic MVP because Kelly has shown a side that we might not have expected. But I'm probably leaning Myers because, again, what he did to that state was pretty much unforgivable. They're kind of the two sides of pandemic life, right? Like you either have become the guy who plays a lot more video games than you were two months ago, or you're the guy who cooks a lot more, or maybe you're you're some of both. But but those are I feel like two of the. Two of the hobbies that have uh, kind of sprung sprung to life for a lot of people in the last couple months. Or, or you're the guy who follows Disney bloggers. Yeah, or you're the guy who follows Disney bloggers. That's actually why we have you on, is to talk about Disney World. Um, and specifically, the possibility, maybe likelihood, um, that the NBA will be starting something back up um, in Disney sometime uh, in the near future. And actually, it's kind of good timing as we're talking uh, on Wednesday morning right now. And, and yesterday, the NHL kind of went out and, you know, a lot of a lot still up in the air there, but kind of laid out, I think, the vision that, yeah, I think a lot of people expected of what a return could look like for the NHL. And, and maybe not 24 teams will be the NBA's plan because um, I think the playoff races were a little more settled. But But it seems like it's potentially a similar model to what the NBA could take on. Um, we talked to you, I don't know, maybe a month ago, something like that. They all kind of run together. But uh, what, what's kind of like the late, if you just had to like kind of say in the last week, what's kind of been the big story, uh, the bi- the biggest developments you think? Um, well, If you had to like kind of boil I, it down to a couple of things. I, I think, first off, it, it can't be, it, it can't be un- understated how, and the NBA coming out and, and saying publicly on Saturday, hey, it's Disney. And I know they couched it and said exploratory mm-hmm. conversations, but we all know they're not exploratory. Yeah. And the fact that they have now said late July, and I know there's, you know, I, I think it was Woj that said early August is a possibility as well. Like it's all, it's all a moving target, but now they've set, even if it isn't totally locked in concrete, They've set a date, they've basically picked a site, and now it's on them to figure out, can this happen? And really, in a lot of ways, like the NHL, like 
I think it was great that Gary Bettman came out on Tuesday and said, okay, here's the 24 teams. It's Panthers Islanders in the first round that they're not going to be able to, to trip Trocek this time and steal a series because Trocek isn't with the Panthers anymore. So I like Florida and four in that series, just FYI, but there's no guarantee that they're going to get across the finish line. And it's the same for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, team presidents met yesterday and guys, when I tell you that some of the scenarios that people in the know thought were likely at the start of Tuesday, some of those weren't even on the board anymore by the time the team presidents got together on Zoom later in the day. And there's going to be a lot of this. There's going to be a lot of moving parts before the Board of Governors meeting on Friday. I expect that by by Friday night, we're going to have at least a template of what the NBA is looking at. It won't be done. We won't have all the details. But I think we're going to be in the same place by the end of this week where Gary Bettman took the NHL on Tuesday. Tim, uh, kind of branch off your answer there. Um, how, I mean, this is this is complicated. I think people underestimate just how complicated this is um, with regard to different agendas as far as team owners, general managers. How hard is that? I mean, can you kind of just kind of show us how hard that 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 has made it just the different conflicting agendas where te- some teams want to play and get their guys experience some bad teams don't want to play some some stars on non-playoff teams don't want to play like how complicated is that is that making all this it it does and it doesn't so on the surface like a big name one of the league's elite very best players like damian lillard coming out and saying if there's no chance of playoffs i'm not playing that doesn't help, but it also it doesn't move the needle in the decision-making rooms. Um, you know, Mark Cuban telling ESPN that he has a plan, um, you know, coming out with his own idea to sort of bring everyone back and then, what, what did he say, 20 teams going or something, 20 teams going to a playoff or something like that. 20, te- 20 teams, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, and by the way, I do think it's going to be a 20-team playoff. Yeah. We'll get to that, I'm sure. I do think it's going to be 20. Um, it, it, it complicates things because everybody has an agenda. Everybody has needs. Every team is in a different place when it comes to future caps. There's, there's a lot. There are so many moving parts. And it's impossible for us to sit here and say, okay, are they going to crown a 2020 NBA champion? Like That's our focus right now. That's all we're writing about is – is this season going to resume? For every conversation that's being had, though, about this season, there are conversations being had about next season, and really the one after that, too. How will next season affect plans to send NBA players and Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr and Lloyd Pierce to the Olympics next year, which I think is now in serious doubt. Even if there is going to be an Olympics, I think it's serious doubt now that NBA is going to send guys. So... There's so much complexity in the now, and then when you when you figure out that it's also about the future and all those conversations and the you know everything you're talking about now has an effect years down the road too. I, I, th- that's why I don't think we're going to know the whole plan yet. And by the way, when we do get the whole plan, it's going to be like 700 words in a PDF because it's going to be crazy how in depth it has to be. It's just a massive undertaking, and there's no blueprint for this. There's no pandemics for dummies that Adam Silver can look at. There's, 
every time you think you've got one thing figured out, two more things pop up. Yeah. I, one thing I thought was interesting about Mark Cuban's proposal is it's like we've talked about, you know, teams want a format that's going to benefit them. Um, but with Mark Cuban's proposal, his Mavericks team would be involved in the play-in, which is kind of interesting. Like, he, he kind of his, his ideal proposal kind of put Dallas in a tough position because, they you know, they would be in the playoffs uh, right now, but if, under his uh, format, they'd have to play their way in. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, that's one guy who is kind of putting agenda aside, you know, trying to find the best um, the best uh, w- way to go for the NBA as a whole, which, you know, I, I don't know how, how common that is around the league right now. I would guess very uncommon. Yeah. But probably not for the reasons that you think. I, you know, Mark Cuban, love him or hate him, you know, the guy fancies himself to be a problem solver. He, and, and, and in a lot of ways, he is. I mean, that's the character he plays on Shark Tank. It's the premise of that show. People come on with their business plans. He tells them what he likes or what he doesn't like. He's trying to solve their problems. He's trying to help them out, whether he invests or not. I think he's putting forth this, knowing that there's such an appetite out there to find out what's going to happen. He's solving a problem by giving us something to think about. Like, hey, this is this is something. And, and trust me, there's something. I'm sure there's something like that on the NBA boards right now. There's like we've said, but I think we said this a month ago when you guys had me on. It's every scenario you can think of. Believe me, it's out there. Mm-hmm. The NBA thought of them all. Sixteen teams. Eight teams, twenty teams, thirty teams—it's all been talked about, and everything in between. So, and again, we don't like. Are the Celtics even? Do the Celtics have access to their facility yet? I don't think they do. Um, You know, the Warriors have no interest in playing. The Hawks were one of the first teams back. They're not going to the playoffs. The 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 short-term goals are so all over the map right now. It's crazy. What do you think has made 20 that number that you feel like they're going to settle on here? Is it just looking at the standings? Is it a combination of that and just, you know, the fees, you know, not wanting to bring too many teams there? What, what do you think has kind of been tw- – why you said 20 you think is – you're pretty confident about. What what makes you feel like that's become the, the option? You know, I, I couldn't really say pretty confident because I don't know if I'm pretty confident in anything anymore. Fair. Including plenty of all. Um – I would put it at, of all the scenarios in my head, that's the one that I think makes is the most likely. And I, but I put it at like twenty percent, okay. like just for just for argument's sake. Now the reason it's top my list, though, a bit of an educated guess. Um, it just seems to be the most fair. Um, the, the eight teams in the East were pretty much set. Mm-hmm. Grant, you know, pretty much um, out west. You know, there were, what, three teams tied for ninth? I, I can't even remember. Yeah, it's, it's like so three long. or four within, like, three a, and a, half within like a game like of nine. Yeah. So you look at it from a, the more teams you play, the more the more teams that are in, the more games there are, the more revenue there is to glean. And, you know, that is what this is all about. Yes, they want to crown a champion and a legitimate champion. But, you know, it is about the bottom line. It is a business. Um you take 20, you probably get Zion Williamson in the tournament. That's going to bring a lot of eyeballs. Um, there are some ways, if you take 20, if you take the top 20 in the league, for example, 
and do away with conferences, which I don't think is even being remotely considered by the league, but hypothetically, you could get San Antonio in and extend the Spurs playoff streak, whether it comes with an asterisk or not. There's just a lot of little things that would generate interest. Right now, you need to generate as much interest as you can because more interest, more eyeballs, more eyeballs, more revenue, more revenue, the less things are going to hurt in years to come. Tim, when, when I first heard, um, you know, originally, I guess, 30 teams was seemed to be like a real possibility, inviting everyone back. Um, it seems like that's lost a little bit of steam. Um, when I first heard it, my first thought was, you're gonna, you know, that's that's a lot of people in the NBA bubble. That the NBA, even if just cutting it down by ten teams to twenty, like you're saying, uh, would kind of eliminate a lot of the risk or some of the risk as far as you know, reducing the risk of spread of the of the of the virus. Um, less people in the bubble. Uh, what's what's kind of how how is that idea developed as far as having all thirty invited? Is that a lot of reports are out there that's not as likely right now as it was maybe a few days ago. Yeah, and again, I, I don't know where the 1-16 to 16 notion came from. Um, I haven't heard it. doesn't mean it's not true. Um, I haven't heard it. So there's that. Um, I, I know the, the Warriors, it, it's pretty easy to think that we're not going to take 30 because the Warriors have said basically as politely as can be, we have no interest in playing. So, and I don't know if the Bulls have any interest in playing as well, especially since it appears that they're going to make a decision that I think is really foolish in getting rid of Jim Boylan, but that's a pod for another day in another market. Um, I, I, I just, the, the, the thing for me about why you have to, why I would prefer to bring 30 back is force majeure is going to enter the equation here. And it's that crazy term that means that for every game that the league cancels, players have to give back basically 1% of their salary. Um, it is going to happen. Players are going to have to give money back. How is it fair if, say, the Golden State Warriors season ends now and they miss 21% of their season? Why is it fair that Steph Curry has to give back 21% of his salary but say, well, LeBron, let's say the Lakers come back and play six quote-unquote regular season games before the playoffs, the Lakers would then miss only 15% of their season. So why does Steph have to give back more of his salary than LeBron has to give back of his? I, I think it's so complicated to not bring everybody back and to exercise force majeure that you have to bring as many teams, if not all of them, back just to make sure that one team isn't getting billed a lot more than another team. I know that's it's really boring when you talk when you're talking about percentages of what players are going to lose because they make great big gobs of money, but it's something that has to be figured out and because it's in the CBA already, you would have to collectively bargain a change. That would require negotiations, that would require a vote. I don't know if the league or the players association has the time, the energy or the bandwidth right now to start negotiating those things when they're working through so many other things. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to bring that up. I mean, you see what's happening with baseball right now. Um, it's kind of got ugly between the owners and the players. And that really hasn't been talked about much of the NBA situation. Um, is, I mean, is there a chance that this could get messy as far as if they do decide to bring, um, only some of the teams back and 
you know, money is unevenly spread. I mean, is there a chance that this can get kind of more complicated than we're thinking right now as far as, you know, the Players Association um, fighting for a certain uh, amount of money? I, I think it's likely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I there's no – I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, most of us in this world are going through something right now with our employment status. Most of us are. Um, professional sports is not going to be immune to that. And I think you're already seeing a little bit of, you're seeing a little bit of cracking of the shell. Like when Spencer Didwitty tweets the other day, you know, hey, what else is in it for us? How much bigger is the playoff share? I'm paraphrasing him, but this was the gist of it. How much bigger is the playoff pool going to be? How are we going to recoup some of the money that we lose? He's not the only guy of the 510 players in this league who has that thought. Um, you know, the league has the right to tear up the CBA 60 days after force majeure is is exercised. Um, big changes are going to have to be negotiated. The league knows this. The Players Association knows this. They're going to have to get back to the bargaining table much earlier than they imagined. And all this, by the way, with Michelle Roberts, who gets along so well and so professionally with Adam Silver, you know, she's basically announced that, you know, she's toward the end of her reign. She's at the end of her term. I'm not sure if if she wanted, if she if she wants to go through this. I'm, I'm not sure that she will. Um so there's so many it's so complicated the money is going to dictate everything caps are going to go down i don't think guys that are planning on making 35 million dollars next year are going to make 35 they're not going to like that and good faith only goes so far i don't think we're going to have a 2011 situation on our hands but there's serious potential for ugliness and again i think that's why they're not rushing like, I know the, the NHL, they were very proud of it yesterday. You can see from a lot of the tweets from a lot of teams, from a lot of executives in the league, the NHL was very proud on Tuesday saying, we were the first team to put forth the plan. But one, their plan is incomplete. And two, the NBA, to their credit, had no desire to be the first team because they know, to be the first league, because they know they have so much still to get through. They're going step by step. They're being very, very delicate with the union because any misstep right now could be really, really bad. One of the things that was kind of interesting to me about the NHL announcement yesterday, though, was it was more than just kind of laying out the playoff format. You know, they they had kind of all, you know, obviously, like you said, it's still a lot of specifics to go over. But, um, you know, they mentioned teams are going to be allowed to bring 50 people, um, 50 personnel to the bubble site. Um, you know, they they even said the kind of the number their testing protocol. They laid out a little bit of that that they're planning to test guys every night. They think they're going to need between twenty five and thirty thousand tests. Whenever the NBA has an announcement, you, you mentioned you think it's going to be like a giant PDF that they're going to send out. You you expect this all to kind of come out at once. You, you think they're going to be more um, a holistic approach rather than the NHL, which which has a lot of that stuff that I was a little surprised to see them have already laid out in their first draft, but you think it's going to be more holistic than, than this, you know, inevitably the NHL is going to have a little bit more of a drip as they lay out specific dates. I, I think, I think the NBA's plan will be a little more, a little more complete. Um, 
Because, I mean, put it to you this way. I, I think it's great what the NHL's doing. I, I truly do. But most of it, we knew most of that stuff already. Right. Like, so there was really nothing yesterday, if you've been paying attention, which most of us have, because what the heck else are we going to do right now? Um, there wasn't really anything that surprised anybody. Um, I do not understand the draft lottery thing at all. I, I it's... It's I, the draft lottery in hockey vaguely resembles the NFL overtime rules to me. I don't, I can't figure it out, and somehow, you know, somehow the Raiders are going to pick first in the NHL draft or something. So we, we have that to look forward to. the The NBA plan it, it's really been kept under lock and key, right? Because they don't have one; they have ten. Um, what the Board of Governors, what I think the Board of Governors is going to vote on Friday is going to catch us by surprise because we're not going to know all of it until probably then or just before, but it's not going to be complete. I mean, you have to be holistic at, at, on some level now because none of us know what's going to happen Saturday. None of us know what's going to happen Monday. Um, you know, there was a lot, trust me when I say this, that the NBA is watching the Orange County Health Department very, very closely right now. Because they put out Orlando on the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. We're busy in Orlando on Memorial Day weekend. You know, what? it hasn't been, to my knowledge, I haven't paid much attention this morning. But as we tape this today on Wednesday, you know, Disney is about to give the county its plan for reopening. Mm-hmm. The NBA have a lot of interest in what Disney's going to say about how they're going to reopen their parks. So th- there are... A, so many moving parts that you just have to remember that until Adam Silver hands somebody, Mickey, Popkoff, Mickey, until Adam Silver hands the heat, the Larry O'Brien trophy in four months, none of it is real. Like, I won't believe right. there's going to be a champion until the clock goes to zero in game six of the finals when, 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 and, you know, and the Heat get their fourth banner. I think. I think that's so. I think that's super important. I, I, you know, I think so many people, and you know, people are optimistic that this is actually going to happen. And with the NBA releasing, um, you know, the news and the statement that they were in talks, exploratory talks with with Disney on resuming the season. I mean, it's it's an encouraging sign. But like you said, Tim, there's a long way to go. I mean, we're oh. at least probably two months away from the first game played. Think about two months from two months back. Like how much. Of this, how much was different, you know, in this world and, and around the league, um, as far as optimism of starting the season. I, I don't think there was much optimism at that point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot can happen in two months. All it takes is one setback, and there might not be, you know, a rest of the season. So, I think that's an important point. Let me just say this too: when you talk about so much can happen, a couple of the teams that I have talked to have been told or are telling their players that when you go to Orlando, be prepared to be there for three and a half to four months. Oh, my God. Four months is what's possible. Because of delays? Because of possible delays? or There's still a chance that you're going to play some regular season. You're going to have to quarantine at some point. I think you'll have like kind of like a quasi-camp there and a camp in your home market, if possible. Some teams will not have a camp in their home market. I don't see a scenario where Toronto can have a camp in Toronto. 
um, for example, and they're not the only ones. So you're looking at end of July to start play, you know, sometime toward the later half of August to start a playoffs. There is a schedule that's floating around out there, just FYI. There was a, a very detailed schedule got out last week with the finals starting on like September 7th, the draft on September 25th, and free agency on October 1st. By the time that schedule got leaked, it was already obsolete. Just to show people how 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 much things are changing, how rapidly things are changing. But it, it's going to somewhat look at that. No, I, they they could move the draft up. The draft is a total wild card right now. The draft is right. that could be any time. Um, I, I think there's a real chance that the team that go, the two teams that go to the finals. They're gone for a minimum 90 days and maybe as much as 120. That's how long this thing's going to take to pull off. And things will happen. Ebbs and flows to this thing, this curve. It's going to go up and down that whole time. Four months? Four months you got to pray that there's no catastrophe, that there's no shortage of tests, that there's no huge spike, that a bunch of guys don't get sick. A lot can happen, guys. A lot can happen. Yeah. You mentioned that Board of Governors meeting Friday uh, a couple times. Um, it doesn't sound like you're expecting an NHL-type announcement maybe next week, but but do you think, like, there'll be... Because, like you mentioned, so much of this is just kind of leaked out through reporting. There's obviously been a lot of good reporting on this, and, and reporting has kind of made it clear that there's a lot of ideas out there. Do you feel like there will be, you know... like? By the time Anthony and I record the same time next week, we'll have a little bit clearer of an idea, or a little. Let's just say even something different to talk about. Do you think there will be have will have been like some sort of maybe a public statement or, or anything like that of just like kind of to maybe instill a little bit of confidence in the fan base that that there's going to be that there that there was really progress over these last week or whatever it'll be by then. Not only do I think that that I think that by the time you record next week's pod, that there's going to be something in pencil to talk about as far as a possible format. I, I think there is a tiny chance of an emergency pod on Saturday. Well, that's huge because we're running out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> we spent way too much time talking about Cuban coffee last week. Oh, there's never too much time for Cuban coffee. It's I, I think that they, I, from the calls I've made this morning, from the calls I've made yesterday, and again, if you'd asked me this last week, I might have said the same thing. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think they are getting close to saying what Phase Two is going to be. I don't mean in terms of bringing players back. Right. Um, it's my understanding that most of the West Coast guys. From you know the, the Heat crew out west, either they're already home or they're coming home imminently. Um, I think you're going to see September-style captains' practices in the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, you know that's I don't think it's a big surprise. I, I do think that we're going to have some sort of shell. It's not going to be done. It's not going to be here. It all is. I think we're going to have targets, more targets to look at. Look, Saturday was a huge deal, and all they said on Saturday was what we already knew. Yeah. Just, and, and really, we should know really that. just 
them coming out and saying stuff that's being reported feels like a big deal right now because oh, it, it yeah. is so much. It could be, be more of that this weekend. Yeah. But again, keep in mind too. Oh, I think it was like April 16th or 17th when, when they had the full board of governors meeting after what was supposed to be the end of the regular season mm-hmm. with Bob Iger of Disney talked to the owners. He wasn't talking about the delays in line at Space Mountain. Like this has been talked. It took them five weeks to get from those talks to saying, okay, we're talking to Disney. Right. I mean, Disney, Disney's the primary owner of ESPN. They're a broadcast partner of the league. Disney needs people. ESPN needs content. The NBA needs to play. Nobody should have been surprised that this is the way it went. Um, I think we'll know more. We're not going to know all of it. But I think once it starts, after this Board of Governors meeting, I think now it becomes a pretty steady flow of, okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is the testing plan. This is what's going to happen. This is how many teams are going. This is when we're going there. Here's the schedule. Bang, we're playing. Because, again, the calendar dictates it. Like, right. it's time. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what the NBA announced Saturday. They didn't just say, we're going to Orlando. They said, it's time. It's time because at some point, and my guess is that point is now early August, at some point, this season must be abandoned. If you can't play, you got to abandon it, and now you got to save next season. Mm-hmm. At some point, you got to cut your losses. The NBA, I think, has that point in mind now. I know and now it's time they can get done. The players are obviously like looped in way more than any of us are, but it, it feels like even for the players, just to, like get these more official announcements, like it has to be. Um, I you know, would comforting. disagree, David. You I would think disagree so? with that. I, I, some of the players that I've talked to from you know from around the league. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion out there. And I think that's one of the reasons why Michelle Roberts and the union are having those conference calls this week. I think most teams have talked to her by now. Certainly by the time people listen to this, I think most teams will have talked to Michelle and gotten mm-hmm. the lowdown because I think there has been a lot of confusion about what's happening. Um, and the problem is the rumors that get out, people believe them. Right. Rumors that were something that was decided yesterday might have been true yesterday, but might not still be true today. So I think it was important for the union to reach out directly to teams and say, this is what's up and do it on a team by team basis. We all know that Adam, Adam had the call with players like a month ago. I heard there were like 30 players on that call from around the league. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't very well attended. I think doing it on a team by team basis, players have more idea, but believe me, David, I don't think players have had much of an idea Throughout this process, I really don't. So some sort of official answer would be very comforting, potentially, to some of those guys. Um, I think just knowing... Just knowing what the ideas actually are, and so that they're not just yeah. reading the same reports we are. I think it's important for them to, to know, okay, here's the targets. Right, right, right. Because it's gotta be hard to... I mean, I was at a thing with Udonis, was it last week? When, when did the Heat open? Two weeks ago? Yeah, I think two like, weeks Udonis ago. Is like two weeks hard- ago. Udonis is the hardest working man in America, and he went to camp that first day and worked out and the whole bit. But even he confessed that he didn't know where the motivation was going to come from the longer this goes on. Right. I think it's important to give them something, give them something to hope for. So setting, giving them a date or a series of dates or at least a window, it helps them ramp up their training. Mm-hmm. It, 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 
just makes them work a little bit harder because they're gonna. There's not gonna be a lot of time once this thing starts. There's not gonna be time to work your way into the season. Right. You got to be pull off ready from the jump. My so my ideal for me, I think the best way to go would be to reseed teams. Um, and I know that's been talked about a lot the last few days. Um, it just makes so much sense. The NBA's been wanting to do it, but travel is always a concern. Here, travel is not a concern because everyone's in Orlando. Um, you can reseed after each round, which gives uh, the better teams um, an advantage, somewhat of an advantage, even though there's no uh, home court advantage. It just makes so much sense. It, it, do you think that's – I know this is probably a one-off because I don't think Eastern Conference – teams would want this regularly but do you think that's possible like how possible is that is that scenario uh this year i hope it isn't i don't like i don't like it at all um it'd be so fun tim come on why would it be fun though i just it'd be something different i mean it's already gonna be different (laughs) if if i if, if i'm understanding the way you're thinking receiving wouldn't go okay Let's say the 15th seeded Magic knock off the second seeded Lakers. It'd be, Brook- it'd be Brooklyn Lakers in the first round. How about that? That's fun. Okay. Get Kevin Durant. And by the way, 1 to 16 with no conferences is not going to happen. But for sake of argument, if you reseed, I mean, shouldn't the, two, the 215 winner would play what? The 710 winner in the second round? Ordinarily, if you don't receive, oh, yeah, I think so. I, I know that the Heat would play basically the Bucks in the second round. They'd play one sixteen. So but yeah, here, two. That would be one eight, and that okay. So wh- why would you penalize the fifteen? Why would you penalize Dunk City for knocking off Georgetown in the first round, and then give them Duke in the second round? Why would you do that to them? That's why I don't like receding. It makes it so much harder for the underdog. Yes, it protects your top seeds, which I guess is the whole point of the thing. Right. If everybody comes in equal, guys, I'm I'm telling you, I think I I don't. I mean, reseeding could happen. I don't love it. I don't think you should be changing the rules that you. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to change some rules on the fly, obviously, but to change entire fundamental formats on the fly, I mean, why not add a five pointer? Why don't we make it as no summer groove and throw a carnival carnival ship sticker down on the floor and have a ten point shot? have Damon Jones take 27 of them like he did once in his own summer group game. And oh, yeah. I covered let's, let's just have fun. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. Let's just play. Let's, I, I, I don't care if they make them play in football helmets and stilettos. Like, I don't care. Just play basketball. Give me something yeah. to watch. But I, I reseeding, it's not. I hope they don't. I hope they don't. And I'll, I, like, well, I was going to say when I sidetracked myself, which I tend to do, I think this is the year, yes, the Lakers and the Bucks on paper were a cut above everybody. I mean, there was that 1A tier. Then there was that really good second tier of teams, you know, Raptors, Celtics, Clippers. Although the Clippers were really starting to play in March. Uh, The Heat, of course, you put them in there. Um, If there's ever going to be a year where you see, like, an 11 seed win the thing, it's this year. And I think that's what's going to make this so fun. Don't reseed it. Don't protect. Don't protect your top seeds. Go go there and let the team that has worked hardest during the pandemic, the team that is the most ready when this pandemic ends, let them have. Let them. Let. I mean, the rules are the same for everybody. 
let the team that's playing the best at the end have a chance of winning this thing. Don't protect your top seeds by reseeding. Fair enough. All right, let's finish with uh, something a little more fun. What's the most exciting thing you've done since the last time we had you on here? Oh, well... Maybe it's not fun. Maybe this is a dark question. (laughs) So, um, I can say this. Can I say this? I guess I can say this. We can always edit it out. If it, uh... oh, my wife told, so Sunday, Sunday afternoon, I went for a ride and I came back with a different car. There you go. Just happened. There you go. I don't know why. Just felt like I needed a change. I, I don't know. It was, um, I don't know. I, I got nothing. Yeah. That's more exciting than anything most people have done, I think. And the, like, so seriously, I've gotten addicted. All right. So Anthony, I think knows this. I don't know if you know it, David or not, but I'm a huge West wing, like huge Mm -hmm. West wing fan. West wing fan. And there was, I forget the guy's name, an old, a, a great character actor and he played Albie Duncan famous actor we played Albie Duncan I can't remember the guy's real name but I remember he played Albie Duncan in the show he ordered he was sitting in the west he was sitting in the oval one time with with Jed and Leo and he ordered a Schweppes bitter lemon Schweppes bitter lemon which I've never seen anywhere I'm on Amazon like a month ago and somehow Schweppes bitter lemon pops up on Amazon I am now addicted to Schweppes Bitter Lemon. Fantastic beverage, by the way. Interesting. Fantastic beverage. That has been my pandemic discovery. Schweppes Bitter Lemon. Little what is old. What is it? What kind of drink is that? Bitter. It's a bitter lemon soda. And it's expensive. It's like nine. It, you, it, I think it's British. And I was going to say, like, it does not, I've never seen it. So. It's a British thing. It comes in this really cool liter bottle, um, a little bit over ice, possibly at five o'clock with a little gray goose in there. If you're going to go Leo Routens and wine and twine a little bit, um, I've become addicted. I love it. It is super bitter, super bitter. Interesting. But it's a nice, it's a nice little refreshing. It's very refreshing on a. 206 degree day in South Florida. Can can we, can you bring next time we're all together in the arena? Can you bring one for each of us and we'll I taste? Bring, I will bring a Schweppes. I will bring a bottle of Schweppes bitter lemon for us to share. And my guess is that you both will be polite and say, "Oh, that's good." And as soon as I turn my back, you will be like, "Oh, he's the worst thing of doing that ever." It feels like the kind of thing that needs case. something else put in it. It's really good with something else put in it. <laughs> we're going to start with ice in it. If we don't graduate, we'll graduate. All right. Um, I think we can wrap things up there. Um, unless you got anything else you, you want to talk about. Hey, David, I want to ask you because we each have given kind of our ideal um, format. What, what, what would you like to see the NBA uh, go to once they resume? I think um, 20 as the number, like, sounds pretty good. But weirdly, like, I kind of feel like if you do the 20, you 
you need to scrap the conferences because the West, uh, I had the standings up in front of me earlier, but like, so if you only go too deep in each conference out of the non-playoff teams, like the Kings and Pelicans and Blazers are all tied in the standings, right? Like you, it would feel kind of, I, am, I know there's obviously tiebreakers, but like to leave one of those teams out in favor of the Hornets, who were, I think are like five games worse than those teams, um, and even the Wizards, who are like four games worse than those teams, like feels, I don't know. Like obviously that if that's how the conferences work, I get it. But like, I don't know. I feel like 20 with the conferences scrapped, at least to a degree, um, maybe like for the, just to put those teams in at least, I feel like makes sense. Um, but again, like I'm not, I'm not picky. Right. <laughs> so I'll that, take whatever. That's similar to Mark Cuban's. Um, yeah. I think it, yeah, that's basically what he has. Um, yeah. That kind of makes sense to me. Like it would feel tough for like the Kings to get left out basically because they don't have Zion Williamson. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm all about reseeding. I, I don't care. I don't care what the format is. I just think I think it'd be cool to reseed regardless of conference. I think it, I think this was one year to kind of see how that looks. It's like the perfect perfect time to to experiment with it. No. <laughs> Next week. I'm normally Next very week. anti like just reseed based, not including conferences. Like I'm usually all about put them in the conferences. Um, but I think if you're going to expand the playoff format, you got to be willing to tweak it a little bit. But like I said, I'm not picky. I'll take whatever they're going to give me. Next week, we're going to call Tim, and we're going to celebrate that they're receiving in his face. And rub it in his face. It's I, – I know I'm going to be wrong on a lot of stuff, but I really hope I'm not wrong on receiving. I really hope I'm not wrong on that. What are we going to do for 120 days in, at Disney, by the way, Anthony? What are we going to do? I don't know. I don't ride roller coasters, so – Yeah, can we – Is Splash Mountain going to be open? I only do wooden roller coasters. Is Splash Mountain going to be open? Oh, Splash Mountain. You know what I like? I like, I, I would just, can I just, they have a gondola, right? Can I just ride around the gondola all day? <laughs> While we file stories? It's gonna be a, oh, that's going to be a busy two months. Get a, oh, my God. We get, a, we get a gondola with a Wi-Fi thing. Can we get a, a gondola with Wi-Fi? That would just be fantastic. Oh, that's actually well, one, one question I didn't ask you that I meant to. Um, kind of going off what Jared Dudley said last week, where he thinks, like, you know, it's not going to be, like, a straight-up bubble. Like, guys are going to be able to come in and out a little bit. Is that kind of what you're hearing also? Is that like the expectation? Yeah. It was, it was never going to be a bubble. Okay. Um, that was a non-starter from the players from, from the, from the word go and also be impossible to, to police. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I've heard throughout this is that some players would like to, I mean, I think a lot of players would like to bring their families, but I know some players have looked into the possibility of, you know, getting houses in some of the nearby areas that are really, really nice, like Windermere and places like that. Um, they, you know, they just really like the idea of having a pool, having their chefs, having space for their kids. Um, everybody wants to go back and play for a title. Nobody wants 120 nights in a hotel. Like nobody wants. Mm-hmm. So. I don't think it was ever going to be a bubble. I think they're going to be incredibly strict on testing, on temperature. And it's the more, what Jared Dudley said is spot on. The more risks your best players take, uh, they are risking your team's chances of winning a championship. Because 
if, God help us, LeBron or AD test positive, they're gone for at least 14 days. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a full series. And the Lakers aren't going to win a series if one of those two guys is missing. So you're going to see people have freedom. What they do with that freedom is up to them. And I think you're going to have very different views among the 500 guys in this league, how they're going to use that freedom. Um, people are going to test positive. That's just, that's the new reality. God, I hate that phrase, but it's the new reality. And the bubble wouldn't have, the bubble alone wouldn't have kept that from happening. But without one, you're going to see more than you probably would have had they been super strict, like some people talked about, but I don't think it was ever a real idea. Well, this you know, is the- off court, off court behavior is going to directly impact on the court. Un, un, unfortunately, like it's going to be that's going to be one of the biggest storylines. I think it's going to it's it's not going to be good when you see these stories coming out of LeBron James in a grocery store without a you know without a mask. Like that's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be so strange to see see that you know all that stuff being covered. It's I mean it, I mean I don't even know what the rules are going to be for media. You know, yeah. you know there's a lot of different. I mean, I've, I've thought about is. I mean, seriously, like I've thought about. Do do we rent apartments? Do we rent houses? Like, you know, do we want to take the risk of hotel? How do you? How are you safe with anything? Mm-hmm. I, I, it's all going everything now. Everything we do is about minimizing risk, and it's not going to be any different for Anthony Chang or David Wilson or Tim Reynolds. It's not going to be any different for any of the players in the NBA. They're not going to get there and and forget about the risks. Um, just the more you take, I mean, you know, I, I got scolded this morning. I was on, I just forgot to put it on. I got scolded this morning on a walk in a park in Miami Lakes. You know, I, a woman who works there came up to me and said, please put on your mask. And I legit, I'm at the point now where I forgot I didn't have it on. Mm-hmm. Like it's now, like I, I, I didn't, I just wasn't thinking about it because it's, it's almost become second nature already. I just forgot I didn't have it on. I had it in my pocket. So I was like, oh yeah, sure, no problem, sorry. Apologize profusely. Please don't throw me out. And so already, we're our thinking is changing. It's going to be really interesting to see how guys handle the freedom that the NBA is going to give them and what they choose to do with it. Well, either way, it's an all-time win for the Lopez twins, who are well prepared for spending a lot of time in Orlando. No doubt. All right, I think we can wrap things up there. Um, Tim, thanks for coming on. You can follow the Associated Press's Tim Reynolds at by Tim Reynolds, I think, on Twitter. Um, and he is covering this as well as anyone uh, these days, trying to keep us all updated on where the NBA uh, is headed in the next couple of weeks. Um, Tim, thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Stay safe, both of you, please. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, fellas. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Heat Check Podcast. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. He continues to cover all the NBA restart plans from a heat angle and how it will affect Miami moving forward. You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. I'm covering whatever sports still exists these days. Um, we will be back next week, hopefully with some more news on the NBA's restart plan. Uh, so until then... 